So what happened? They put you on parole? Yeah, I'm on parole right now. Not free totally, but <sighs> took a couple days, th- about three days to get my account unlocked on DraftKings. Um, finally got it unlocked, but I can't reserve contests for tonight's NBA slate. So that's a tough scene mm. uh, because my account is still restricted for whatever reason. At a certain point, I think you start have to ask in the real questions like, is Joey really guilty? You know, what? what's the real reason that his account was banned? Perhaps these stories of innocently losing access to his college email address, it's all just cap and it's a cover up for a deeper, darker secret that DraftKings discovered. I mean, how else could you explain their, you know, relentless unwillingness to unlock his DraftKings account? <laughs> I, I just don't know. But like, how, like, how am I cheating though? Like, what am I doing? Probably max entering 300 lineups with uh, you and your girlfriend, coordinated. Jade Jade Roper Tolbert throwback. <laughs> I mean, she does have an account. <laughs> but some of us aren't rich and can't uh, max enter 300 lineups in, in tournaments and, you know, three game slate millionaire makers and hit the absolute nuts. So it's just not possible for some of us. I mean, Max Enter, you can't even single enter right now. Yeah, you can't enter a 25 cent contest. I swear to God, I can't. <laughs> that's the funny thing. Literally cannot do it right now. Yeah, I mean, I should. I guess I shouldn't have created my DraftKings account on my old college email address that I can't get to anymore because obviously I don't go to that school anymore and just can't log into it to change my password. So Brutal. <sighs> Just a tough scene all around the last couple of days because DraftKings has by far the worst customer service in the world out of any business I've ever been to or spent money at. They are up there number one for sure. They're terrible. Stone worst. Wow. That says a lot for a company whose direct competition is FanDuel. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, DraftKings and FanDuel is clear cut number one and number two in terms of customer service without a doubt. Hey. At least they're the best at something. (laughs) What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 120 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we are going to preview the week 16 main slate on DraftKings. We'll go over some slate-specific notes, talk some chalk, give our thoughts on optimal cash game lineup construction, and of course, talk tournament strategy, leverage, long shots, stacks, etc., all of that. But before we get into it, Joey, can you tell the people how to support the podcast? You can help support the podcast by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. It's where we tweet out all links to all of our content, whether that be podcasts, uh, videos, articles, clips, etc. Everything gets tweeted out there, so make sure you are following us. And then another way to help support us is by making sure you are subscribed to the podcast, uh, whether that be on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, etc. Just make sure you are subscribed. It's a button right down below the episode name, so make sure you do that another way to help support us is you can subscribe to our youtube channel at the dfs dose we currently have 150 subscribers so help us reach that 160 mark uh hopefully we'll get to 200 subscribers soon but you can help us by going over there and subscribing would mean a lot and then lastly 
uh, you can join our free Discord link down below in the description where we talk about DFS all day, every day. And we have a, you know, a couple of slates coming up. We have a three game slate uh, podcast, which you can find on the same podcast feed. We have a bunch of showdown slates that some of us play in in there. And, you know, we're going to talk about all of those in the Discord. So make sure you are joined over there. And then just a final note, we have a giveaway if Ben wants to explain that for the listeners out there. Yes, the DFS Dose holiday giveaway. You are hearing this episode on Christmas Eve, or at least that's when it comes out. Maybe you're listening on Christmas Day. Either way, we're getting in the holiday spirit doing a giveaway, and we're going to be giving away two prizes to one person, and you could be that lucky person. What we're going to be giving away, one DFS Dose t-shirt with our famous GPP winning logo on it. I'm sure many of you are familiar. If you're not, you know, it's a beautiful shirt, locally printed, supporting local businesses because we're just awesome like that. Black shirt, green logo. It's amazing. And then what the people really want. I mean, what I what I would want if, if I were in this, you know, entering this giveaway is the exclusive Darius, aka Godius Slayton rookie auto card. It is a 2019 Panini Obsidian rookie auto numbered 19 to 150, you know, getting in on the craze. You see, you know, the top touts in the DFS business right now, even getting into sports cards, sweeping the industry, and we're getting in on it, giving away a Darius Slayton card, as I think it's fair to say that Darius Slayton is the official player of the DFS Dose podcast. So all you have to do to be entered in to this giveaway for your chance to win the Darius Slayton card and the shirt is retweet our pinned tweet, which went up on Thursday morning, Christmas Eve. So you can go find it there, retweet that, and be subscribed to the DFS Dose YouTube channel. If you're already subscribed, just hit that retweet button and you will be in. Our goal is to pick up 19 subscribers by Christmas Day. So, you know, 19 subscribers in two days from when this is released. I think that's very easy to attain 19 because that is the number on the Darius Slayton card. And then we will randomly select one person who retweeted the tweet and subbed to the YouTube channel to win and we'll ship it out to you free of charge. So make sure you get in there, sub to the channel and hit that retweet button. Hey, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want a Darius Slayton card? That's all I got to say. So make sure you go over to our Twitter and check that out at the DFS Dose. Absolutely. And you can you can see a picture of what the card looks like. It's, it's a pretty sweet card. Now, let's get into this week 16 slate, starting off with some slate specifics. So, I mean, this is an ugly one. 10 game main slate on DraftKings, six games early, four in the afternoon. We only have one game on this slate with a total above 50, and that game is Atlanta at KC. It has a 45 point total, which is four and a half points higher than the next closest game. Obviously going to be the premier game of the slate just based off that alone. The top five implied team totals on this slate, KC number one with 32.25 implied points, Cleveland 28.25, Baltimore 27.75, Chicago right there with them at 27.75, and Houston at 27.5. And I think the thing that immediately jumps out to you when looking at this slate from a Vegas perspective is that all five of those teams with the highest implied totals on the slate are favored by over a touchdown. So Vegas is expecting the high-scoring teams of this week to be in relatively lopsided games. How are you expecting that to affect this slate? Yeah, I mean, I just think there's going to be a lot of condensed ownership on these teams with high totals in cash games and in tournaments. And then just from a, a slate overview perspective, this is an ugly slate. And these games suck, to be honest. 
in real life and in fantasy. Obviously, we have teams in good spots like Kansas City is in, you know, the nut matchup against Atlanta at home. And then we have some other teams in some good spots. But like you said, they all have very high spreads. And it's just going to make for an ugly week, I think. And it's it's going to be hard to get different, especially when the options to get different are so terrible. Yeah, and a lot of the top plays, you know, the guys that we feel comfortable going back to week after week and cash games are just not available. We've got no Derrick Henry, no Alvin Kamara, no Devontae Adams, no Darren Waller. There's just a ton of these guys are just not on the slate, not available. So we're going to have to find some players that you know we may not usually consider in cash games and maybe embrace wider ranges than we usually would in cash games as a result. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. All right, well, let's dive right into some chalk talk. And I agree with Joey's original take that the chalk is definitely going to condense this week on a couple of select players at each position at quarterback. I think Patrick Mahomes, despite the extremely high price, 8500 will be very popular this week. I mean, like I mentioned, it, talking about this, the point totals with a huge game total, and a huge team total, everybody is going to be on this Patrick Mahomes wave in in Week 16. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes is clear-cut the best quarterback play on the board if you just take away salaries uh, literally every single week, right? Mm-hmm. So I could see why he's going to be chalk at 8500 It's a very steep price tag. But Mahomes is obviously a player that we can essentially lock in for 300 passing yards, so he'll get the bonus, and probably three touchdowns in any given week. And then he gets a great matchup at at home against an Atlanta pass defense that we know just can't stop quarterbacks, can't stop wide receivers. And then you factor in Clyde Edwards Hilaire probably being out until the postseason and they're turning to Le'Veon Bell as their workhorse running back. And we all know that he is just god awful at this point in his career. So we can expect the Chiefs to pass even more than what they already were. So 8,500 for Mahomes, I, I think, I think it's a good price. Um, And it's going to be hard not to play him, to be honest, because I think he has 40, 45 point upside in this matchup against Atlanta. And I think there's a good chance that he reaches at least 30 points. Yeah. And I mean, to the point about how Atlanta plays defense also, and the fact that they kind of dare you to pass the ball, like you don't have to dare Mahomes to pass the ball. <laughs> like they're, they're going to do it anyways. And if you're inviting it, God, I mean, it's crazy to think about. So 8,500 Mahomes is enticing, but in terms of some of the other options that I think will draw popularity, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be extremely popular as well. I mean, you know, he's a huge story in the NFL right now, his success where Carson Wentz failed. And then you add in the fact that he had just an absolutely monstrous game last week. They did price him up finally to a place where it seems at least fair um, and that you're not just like stealing candy from a baby. But still at 7K, I think you could make a really strong argument that Jalen Hurts with his unique combination of a rushing floor and what we clearly saw was a passing ceiling as well makes a lot of sense and probably will still project as a really solid point per dollar value as things continue to get clear throughout the week. Yeah, I definitely like Jalen Hurts a lot this week and he will have ownership even at 7k, a massive price bump up from last week. And it's just a very good spot for him going up against a Dallas defense that just sucks. And it's going to be hard to play Hurts with one of his pass catchers, I think, because a lot of the Eagles pass catchers just aren't in play on a weekly basis. But for cash games, obviously you don't need to stack 
So Jalen Hurts is fine in cash at 7K. And if you had to pick one, price included, are you playing Mahomes or are you playing Jalen Hurts? I think I'm playing Hurts, to be honest mm. with you. Um, And we'll get to this later when we talk cash game lineup construction. But I think that there are a few very viable paths to getting a lot of exposure to the Chiefs offense in cash games without playing Mahomes. And, and I think that that is a strategy that I'm going to be implementing this week. I mean, with Jalen Hurts, we kind of speculated about it last week, wondering what his actual floor for rushing attempts was. It was pretty obvious that it would come down from 18 rush attempts that he saw in his first start. And what we said was that his floor is probably around 10 in this current iteration of the Eagles offense. He had 11. And I think that holds true. I mean, I just don't see him getting under 10 rushing attempts in any given game. And with the three passing touchdowns, 300 yards that he had, obviously it was a nut game script for him. But even still, the fact that he's shown that ceiling in both categories through only two weeks of play, I love Jalen Hurts. And and you couldn't put up a better spot. Eagles are even still theoretically in the playoff race. So they're going to be giving it all they have. It's just hard for me to not play Mahomes because obviously he's the best quarterback in the NFL. But I think Jalen Hurts is probably a better play this week, salary included, for cash games specifically. I I think Jalen Hurts is a better play. Yeah, and and not to disparage Mahomes, but over the last three weeks, 26 points, 26.8 to be exact was his high. And if if he's getting you that 26, 24, 22, like he's not smashing for you in cash. And, And that's a realistic possibility for him, even though I wouldn't expect him to be in that range in this specific game environment. Even still, it's just, you know, it, there could definitely be two Le'Veon Bell touchdowns in this game. Mm-hmm. I think that that is well within the range of possibilities. But as it relates to Jalen Hurts, you know, there's really two questions. One, is it worth it coming down from Mahomes for 1500 And also, is it worth it going up from Matt Ryan, $1,300, who's priced at 5700 this week and is most likely going to be in a game script that is just constant passing, trying to keep pace, with Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan had 300 yards passing and three touchdowns last week. So people are going to see that 30 spot in his game log and, and think, well, you know, this is the perfect spot. And I'm sorry, I misspoke. He's actually 5,800. So it's a $1,200 discrepancy between him and Hertz. But with Ryan, you have to consider that that is not his baseline. He hasn't hit both 300 yards passing and three or more rushing touchdowns since week six. So I'm not necessarily expecting him to do that well this week. Yeah, I don't think Matt Ryan is in cash game consideration for me, especially if Julio is out in this spot and he didn't practice on Wednesday. Obviously, it's still early. He could easily play, but that would hurt Matt Ryan's upside as well if he's out again. And the Chiefs are actually a very tough defense for opposing quarterbacks and opposing wide receivers. So I don't think it's that great of a spot for Matt Ryan, but like you said, the game script should work in his favor. He should be throwing the ball upwards of 50 times. So if you want to go there, I think he is a good pay down option. I would probably prefer Trubisky for a hundred less um, in a in a phenomenal spot going up against a team that isn't going to want to win at all. So the Bears should roll over the Jags in that matchup. So that would be my preferred pay down option is Trubisky but Matt Ryan I guess if you want you can but personally I want it and he's not even in consideration for me I mean I think that's a fair point the Bears are in a great spot this week against the Jags and they have a really high team total over 27 as it currently stands let's move on to the chalk at running back and sticking with the Bears here I think David Montgomery is going to be one of the more popular options now he wasn't chalk last week despite only being 7k however this slate is completely different there's no Derrick Henry no Alvin Kamara no Dalvin Cook Christian McCaffrey is unlikely 
to return. So with the high end, we've got guys like Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, who I think will be owned, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, but David Montgomery is in the best spot going up against Jacksonville, who can't stop anybody on the ground. And he's coming off of a game where he had 33 touches, 32 attempts, and Cordero Patterson missed practice on Wednesday, so Montgomery could be even more involved than he already has been over this past month. Yeah, I definitely think David Montgomery is going to be chalked on Sunday, and rightfully so. I mean, he's been a usage monster ever since Tariq Cohen left, and the Bears are actually playing pretty well with Trubisky at quarterback right now. So this is a great spot for David Montgomery. 7700 is kind of pricey, but like you mentioned, in one of the previous podcasts, I think it's time to throw away, you know, the bias towards David Montgomery about him being a trash running back. And he's capable uh, right now. And if he's going to see 20, 25 touches, you know, and, and have his role in the receiving game, four, five, six targets a game, then he's just a smash play at 7,700. And I think he is a cash game lock at running back and one of the worst running back pools of the entire season. I agree. Uh, how do you compare him to Austin Eckler, who I think will be you know very popular as well and is right in that price range, only $100 cheaper? Personally, I think Montgomery is my lean because Austin Eckler, while his role in the pass game is extremely secure, he gets completely overlooked at the goal line. All those attempts are going to Kalen Balaj right now, and I think that that really lowers the potential for Eckler to hit his ceiling in a given week, whereas we know David Montgomery is squarely in play to get two touchdowns with his current role. Yeah, I like Eckler this week, and I think you can play him in cash games if you want to go like two high-priced running backs and then pay down to a running back in the flex. Uh, So I do like Eckler, but like you said, his upside is limited with Balaj and even Justin Jackson uh, coming in. Justin Jackson barely played though last week. So it's really just Kalen Balaj at the goal line and Eckler's floor is higher than some of these other running backs due to his receiving role in the Chargers passing game. So I don't mind him in cash games. I think Montgomery is a better play, but I ultimately do like both of them this week. Uh, for DraftKings. So. All right, here comes what I'm, I'm thinking is going to be a disagreement because, I mean, you were just flat out disrespectful about Le'Veon Bell just moments ago, and I'm all aboard this week. I'm not going to lie. Le'Veon Bell with no Clyde Edwards-Hilaire priced appropriately sitting there on the board, 5,800 at home, massive favorites, team total above 32. I'm locking them in in cash games. I'm eating the chalk. No shot. You mean no shot, bro? I'm not playing Le'Veon Bell in 2020. Like that's just asking to burn money. I would play you at 5,800 in, in the Chiefs' backfield in this spot. <laughs> Why? Why though? Like, what game was it where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was out recently and Le'Veon Bell saw the bulk of snaps and did nothing? Was it the Denver game in Week 13? Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, week 13. he had he had 13 touches. Yeah, 55 yards, mm-hmm. seven points. Okay. Yeah. He sucks, bro. He literally just sucks. And I've kind of been on it this season where if I think you suck, I'm probably not playing you. Like same thing with Brian Hill cut like a couple weeks ago when he was shocked at 4k. We both faded him. Same thing with Brandon Cooks a couple weeks ago. I personally faded him because I just don't think he's that good of a player. So I'm just fading players in 2020 that I believe personally 
are trash. And I think Le'Veon Bell is trash. Now he can probably maybe get five, six targets in this game. I don't think he's going to be able to run on Atlanta because the Chiefs are just going to throw the ball 45 times and he sucks too. So yeah, I'm just not playing Le'Veon Bell this week. Absolutely unequivocally no chance I'm playing him on DraftKings. Maybe in tournaments, not in cash games. Absolutely no shot. And if you play him, like you're kind of just burning your money. So damn making me feel like I got the lighter up to my wallet right now, but I'm just, I'm, I'm flicking it anyways. I'm playing him. See, he outtouched Daryl Williams 16 to three in Clyde Edwards absence for the duration of the game last week against New Orleans. I mean, it only takes one touchdown for him to get there. Well, okay. And, and to me, I would rather play him in cash than in tournaments because I don't think the ceiling is there but in cash especially because he's going to be chalk like he is going to be chalk he's going to get talked up i'm already hearing the rumblings across you know the dfs toutscape whatever you want to call it and uh he's going to be owned people are going to want to play him running back is ugly this week i'm just going to get the chalk the total is too big i mean yeah those are all valid points but i think that we weren't playing ceh at the same price tag even with Le'Veon bell basically not being involved in the Chiefs offense earlier in the year when CEH price tags got diminished a lot, right? And even in the in the past couple of weeks, like CEH was not cash viable and Le'Veon Bell had a game where he touched the ball three times or four times, excuse me, against Miami. Mm-hmm. CEH wasn't cash viable. Uh, this is just a team that doesn't want to run the ball a lot. So I don't see the rushing attempt upside. And then Mahomes rarely ever checks the ball down to his running backs. Now, I will say in a high total game with the highest team total, he could get five, six targets. Uh, Do I think he does anything with those targets? No shot. Do I think he has any upside on the ground? No chance. So I'm not playing Le'Veon Bell this week. I don't think he has 20 point upside. When he's on the field, he looks slow. He looks terrible. And then you combine that with the fact that The Chiefs are probably just going to throw the ball. Kelsey's probably going to get 15 targets. Tyreek Hill, if he plays, is probably going to get 18 targets. Just no chance I'm playing Le'Veon Bell this week. I mean, I'll let everybody else play him because he's a bad play, 100%. And I'm not playing bad plays in 2020. So, And he's a beta, too. Like He's not an alpha anymore. He, He used to be an alpha, but he got downgraded to beta. And we don't play betas on DraftKings in 2020, or at least I don't. I know you do. I personally don't. So Le'Veon Bell, no shot. And I can't wait for him to score eight points this week. All right. Well, we, we, we can't talk about Le'Veon the entire podcast, but I just have to say that, I mean, the, the fact that you said that he doesn't have touch upside, I mean, that's that's a little crazy. Mahomes had 47 attempts and seven rushing attempts last week. And and Le'Veon still had 15 carries. I mean, he he definitely has 20 carries in his range. I I, I would 100. Nah, I will that. bet they play fast of, enough. I will bet any amount of money that he does not see 20 attempts on the ground. I will think about that and probably not take you up on it. But I'm gonna think <laughs> about it though. All right. So some of the other running backs, and I think that these guys are comparable because we're looking at guys that we wouldn't normally look at. And that's the other thing with Le'Veon Bell, not to keep harping on this point, but in past slates, I think that you could get away from the Brian Hills and the Leonard Fournettes of the world because there's always a Derrick Henry to pay up for or a Dalvin Cook to pay up for. And that's just not the case this week. So I'm going to be looking at multiple guys that I wouldn't normally consider 
Two of them that I think will be relatively popular as we are still talking chalk here is Gio Bernard, who just had, you know, a real crazy game where he touched the ball, what, over 26 times against the Steelers in the Bengals' surprising win over them. And he's priced way under there, down at 4,800 going against Houston. Just a phenomenal matchup. So I think that that is interesting. And then Daryl Henderson with Cam Akers already ruled out in a must-win game for the Rams. How do you feel about these two guys? Henderson, 4,500, Geo, 4,800. Yeah, I mean, I think both are better plays than Le'Veon Bell. No cap. Like, Geo Geo might be a lock at 4,800 in the best matchup possible up against a Houston run defense that has got ran over by opposing running backs the entire year in 2020. So at 4,800, I mean, I think he's a cash game lock. Uh, I don't think he's that good of a player. The yeah, price I mean, tag is just too cheap. Talk about not playing bad players in, in 2020 and Geo's a cash lock. I mean, but he's a thousand <laughs> cheaper He's a thousand cheaper and yeah, every man has his price tag. <laughs> thousand cheaper. And if he gets, you know, 20, 25 touches at 4,800 in a great spot against Houston, yeah, he's just a stone lock. But do you believe that though? Because I don't. I mean, that was by far the most touches that he had in any game. Now, maybe they stick with it because it was successful and they won. But I mean, you look at his role over the past couple of games. I mean, he got benched in week 14 for fumbling and he had what? six six total touches including three receptions in that game so like i don't think the geo is by any stretch a lock to see 20 touches or anything yeah, close i to mean that. yeah but i th- i think that he factors into the passing game and he, even if he sees 15 touches or maybe even 20 touches if he gets up to to 20 i think if he sees like 14 attempts and four catches is fine at 4800 you know, 800 above the minimum in the stone nut matchup this week against Houston. Yeah, 4,800. I think he's a better play than Le'Veon Bell by far this week. But Daryl Henderson at 4,500 is interesting because this is, you know, it's not a great spot, but it's a relatively good spot for him on a team that wants to run the ball. Although they have been passing more recently uh, since week eight, they've, they've been one of the more pass heavier teams, but we know that Rams running backs will get attempts if given the opportunity and they do like to run the ball a lot in the red zone and from the 10 yard line in. So Daryl Henderson at 4,500 is very, very interesting. And there's, I think there's always a concern with playing a Rams running back that, you know, the backup might come in and steal touches and steal goal line attempts. I, I don't know if Malcolm Brown gets any run this week, maybe he does. He he easily could. But I think they don't want to play Malcolm Brown. And I think Henderson is the guy behind Akers. And with Akers out, Henderson, his his salary is just too cheap this week. So I'm probably going the uh, too cheap running back route, pay up for one, and jam every high-priced wide receivers in. I could see it. I'll be honest. I don't trust Daryl Henderson's workload projection, no matter what it is. Because, I mean... McVay has already said that both Rams backs are going to be, quote, heavily involved. Now, I mean, this could easily be a situation where Henderson touches the ball 25 times and Malcolm Brown gets like six carries. Would not be surprised, but even still, I also wouldn't be surprised if they split it straight down the middle 50-50. 
and it's not a great matchup. And just for that reason alone, I think I prefer Geo because the matchup is good enough and there's enough uncertainty around both situations. You know, I would I would like to ideally not play any of these guys, to be completely honest with you, but just with the way that it's going to shake out and the lack of other options and the strength of some of the high-priced wide receivers that you briefly referenced, I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be settling for minimum one of these guys potentially too, seeing on how the build shakes out. Yeah, I mean... It's a rough week for running backs for sure. So definitely going to have to make some plays you aren't comfortable with this week. Let's talk about these wide receivers, starting off with Tyreek Hill. Now he did miss practice on Wednesday. He is priced at 9000 extremely high price for Tyreek Hill, but with the lack of other high-priced options, he's a clear standout on the slate. He's missed Wednesday practices before. As it stands right now, I'm not currently worried that he's going to miss the game. Now, if he were, Mecole Hardman at 3100 would be the lock of all locks, absolutely. I mean, I think Mecole Hardman coming off of nine targets at 3100 in this nut matchup is in play regardless, but you know, if Hill misses, then he's a stone lock. How do you feel about these two Chiefs guys? I think both of them are going to have ownership. I think Hill is, you know, the best wide receiver play on the board this week. Um, But at 9K, it's a pretty hefty price tag. But obviously, his upside is unparalleled in 2020. So I would probably try and jam Tyreek in if he plays. But if he doesn't, like you just said, McCole Hardman would be a stone lock at 3,100. Saw nine targets last week, even with Tyreek playing. So yeah, that that would be an easy play, a free square essentially this week if that were to happen. Um, some other guys that I think could be owned, maybe, maybe not. I, I think we could see some of the guys in the in the 7K, mid 6K range become chalk. I like Woods a lot to be honest. I like Cooper Cup a lot, and I could see Cooper Cup becoming chalk at 6,600, especially with all of the value that we have at the running back position. And if you pay down to Hertz from Mahomes, you got some salary to spend. So I could see one of these Rams wide receivers becoming chalk because they are in a great spot in a must-win game for the LA Rams. I also love the Rams passing attack this week. I'm always more liable to play Cooper Cup just because I think he's better, but that might not even be true. I don't know. Robert Woods has kind of been balling out, so who knows? But I do think that I'll have interest to that, and I'll definitely have stacks of the Rams passing game in tournaments 100%. Another guy that I think is going to be highly owned, or at least has the potential to be, could be T. Higgins, priced at 4700 in a good matchup against Houston because Tyler Boyd did not practice on Wednesday. He is in the NFL's concussion protocol as it currently sits. So if, you know, he you know, if Higgins finds himself as the clear undisputed wide receiver one for Cincinnati, I would have a lot of interest with him at a sub 5k price tag. I wouldn't play him at 4700. Uh, I just don't think it's necessary, especially if you pay down to two of the cheaper running backs. And I, I guess in theory, Tyler Boyd being out does increase T. Higgins' upside a little bit, his target upside. But I mean, this is still a player that plays a lot, even with Tyler Boyd on the field. And I really just don't want any parts of that Cincinnati passing attack and the Cincinnati offense in general. But like we discussed with Geo, just too cheap of price tag. And yeah, I probably won't. Won't play T. Higgins, even if Tyler Boyd is out. Just no interest there. Don't see the upside. And, you know, maybe his target projection increases by one. Maybe. I don't think him being out really changes much, for me at least. I mean, that's fair, but I, I think that his targets 
are pretty good with Boyd in and they would just become better. And there's not too much value. I mean, unless there's something that I'm just missing. I mean, where, where are you going to be finding value here on this and, slate? I mean, you got your running backs and then obviously team pay down at tight end. And then you got defense too. That's four spots to save salary and jam in anybody that you want pretty much. So that's probably the route that I'm going to be going in cash games for uh, the main slate. But I mean, if you're playing Mahomes and or Hurts and you're playing Tyreek Hill, depending on how much of a priority Hill is for you, and you're playing one of DeMont or Austin Eckler, I think you are going to have to find somebody in this range. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe this will change. But I mean, just in the builds that I've played with, I'm looking for somebody in this 5K, high 4K, low 5K range. I mean, there was speculation Gallup would miss, but he returned to practice today, which kind of reduces the target expectation of guys like Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. I don't know, maybe Kiki Cutie. Some people might want to play T.Y. Hill, and I personally wouldn't, but I don't know. I think somebody in this range is going to be in play. Maybe that's right. Um, I don't know right now, but I guess the cheap wide receiver that I would target if McColl isn't available would probably just be Greg Ward if I'm playing Hurts. Uh, I think you could pair Ward with Hertz uh in cash games he's actually been the Eagles most consistent wide receiver in terms of snaps along with Alshon Jeffrey but he's kind of dust but Alshon is even cheaper than Greg Ward and uh Jalen Rager might miss this game as well so I think one of these Eagles wide receivers could be in play in cash games even though it is kind of ugly all right and in terms of tight end chalk I mean nobody's really jumping off the page I think Travis Kelsey will hold his usual 18 to 25 percent ownership that's kind of standard that I think is just like the segment of the DFS population that's going to pay up for tight end every week because that number is just about the same every single week in terms of Kelsey's ownership despite the $8,500 price tag I mean he's fine in tournaments he's fine in Kansas City stacks and game stacks obviously not cash viable at (laughs) $8,500 I mean he's cash viable to a lot of people yeah out there but I mean I'm talking to people with brains Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, sharp and professional DFS players play Kelsey every single week in cash just because he can separate himself so easily from the rest of the tight end pool. But how I look at it is that tight end is the weakest position, so I'm just never paying up for a player at 8500 the highest price tight end in DraftKings history is Travis Kelsey this week against Atlanta when I can get a 100% snap tight end at 3,000, you know? It's just not happening. And I think we could see the chalk form around Cole Komet again this week. I think it could be uh, the second part. Obviously, last week was the first part. He busted. This week is the Cole Komet chalk week times two at 3k again played 100% of the snaps last week against Minnesota but only saw two targets I think that is just an anomaly um and this is a spot where Cole Komet could easily see five plus targets again so I have no issue running it back with uh Cole this week in cash games I have no issue with it either I wonder how many uh people are going to be willing to go back to him after last week I think that another low tight end that people will target is Dallas Goddard as another guy who naturally fits with Jalen Hurts who will be popular and Goddard has had six or more targets in six straight weeks and and I mean what else can you really ask for in a punt tight end and Goddard's a super talented guy so I like Goddard um, as a as a cheap option this week as well yeah I like Goddard uh, but if I'm going Goddard or if I'm paying 36 for a tight end I'll just 
I'll just play Austin Hooper at 3,500. In the best spot on the board against a terrible, terrible Jets team. And Baker Mayfield has been balling out. He's the quarterback three in fantasy over the last month. I think I like Austin Hooper a lot this week at 3,500. And I would probably play him over Goddard and everybody in that mid-tier range if I'm if I'm not paying down 3K or below this week. Yeah, Hooper is definitely worth consideration. Perfect matchup for him going up against the Jets, the Stone Nuts. Moving on to cash game lineup construction. I think that we've actually covered a majority of the topics here because the thing with this week is with the lack of options on the slate, a lot of these chalky guys are just straight up the guys that you're going to be playing in cash because the clear cut best plays are going to stand out without, you know, a lot of other options. So, you know, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, Matt Ryan or Trubisky, if you want to punt, but most likely Hurts or Mahomes for quarterback, running back, all those chalk guys, wide receiver, Hill, uh, Miko Hardman, maybe some of the others if injuries change things and it's tight end is Kelsey or punt. I mean, what are your thoughts on cash game lineup construction? I feel like we've, for the most part, covered it. Yeah, like we mentioned in the intro, the ownership is just going to condense around everybody that we talked about this week. So I think there's going to be a lot of overlapping lineups in cash games. Um, You know, you just pay up to one of these higher priced quarterbacks, whether that be Hurts or Mahomes, you go with one or maybe two, but I think one high priced running back in Montgomery, and then you pay down to two cheaper running backs below 6K, whether that be Lev, Geo, Daryl Henderson, etc. And then you just try and get as many Chiefs in the lineup as possible. I think that's the route that a lot of people are going to go in cash games. I will say I do like a lot of quarterbacks this week, uh, to be honest especially in the 6k range but i don't think they are cash viable there's really not much else to discuss in cash games this is i think the most straightforward week of the entire season and it is also one of the ugliest weeks of the season so far too so yeah my one theory that i want to get off here is kind of what we talked about earlier and it's getting a lot of chiefs exposure without Mahomes. So I think that taking the $1,500 to go down to Jalen Hurts and get that boosted rushing floor is very uh, much the correct thing to do in cash games, at least where I'm sitting here on Wednesday thinking about it. And, you know, Tyreek Hill is also a clear cut priority for me as well, because he his just his floor and his ceiling is so high, even in a, you know, quote unquote, bad game last week where he scored 17 and a half points on 10 targets. I think he could easily rebound from that. It's the perfect matchup for him. I, I want to play Tyreek Hill. I'm probably going to play Le'Veon Bell. And I might just play Mecole Hardman for the exposure to the game, for the matchup, and for the price at 3100 to fit the other plays that I want. Roll Jalen Hurts naked because that's the best way to play him. And then have three Chiefs, which is, I think, a significant amount of exposure you know, you know, minus a Mahomes rushing touchdown and a Travis Kelsey touchdown, which, you know, definitely accounts for it. But Vegas right now is projecting for the Chiefs to score six touchdowns. I think you absorb a lot of that through Le'Veon, Tyreek, and McColl. Yeah, I mean, I probably won't play McColl unless Tyreek is out. I think that's just a personal thing. Um, Nine targets with Kelsey and Tyreek is, I think, a one-game anomaly. Uh, this is a player that the Chiefs haven't really played much with everybody healthy. Now, the price tag is very cheap, but I wouldn't play both Hill and Hardman in the same lineup. Everything else you said, I definitely agree with, and this week for cash games is pretty straightforward. So, if you're not on the build, uh, you probably shouldn't be playing, to be honest. <laughs> so, and... I might not be able to play either, so I'll be right there with you. 
because my account is still locked. <laughs> GG. Yeah, I'll tell you how the slate goes. <laughs> I'll text you about it. All right, tournament strategy. Leverage, stacks, long shots. Take it in any direction you want to. Yeah, so as I prefaced a couple minutes ago, I like a lot of quarterbacks in the uh, 6K range. I like Baker Mayfield a lot. Like I said, he's been the third best uh, fantasy quarterback over the last month. Obviously, the Jets is a fine matchup, and I think you can play Baker in tournaments. I like that stack a lot. I also like the Rams stack a lot uh, with Jared Goff and two of his pass catchers. I think you can play a Rams tight end. They're both cheap. Tyler Higby is 4k, but I would probably just go with Goff and Cup and Woods as the Ram stack that I like a lot. And then like I mentioned, Trubisky is in, in a phenomenal spot. So yeah, I think all four of those guys, including Matt Ryan in there, I think they're all fine tournament plays. And I'm going to have exposure to all of them in tournaments for sure this week and have uh, stacks of those teams. I agree with the golf take. He is going to be my favorite quarterback to stack in tournaments this week. I love the double stack with Cup and with Woods. I'm not on board with Daryl Henderson chalk, and I think that that is easy leverage, just attacking that pass game, and you have clear bringbacks, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. I think, you know, that red first next to their name on DraftKings is going to be hard for a lot of people to stomach, especially at the price tags. You know, DK Metcalf is going to get the Jalen Ramsey narrative coming against him. He didn't do well in the first time these teams played. So I think his ownership will be suppressed and you're getting a nice $1,200 discount off of Tyreek Hill chalk. And Metcalf is a guy with as high of a ceiling as anybody. So I think that that stack kind of just builds itself, to be honest. One quarterback that you didn't mention, and I'm going to need you to take a step down the narrative street with me on this one is Dwayne Haskins, $5,200. I, I Look, I know. Good old Dwayne. He's stone trash. But this is a guy who's got all the motivation in the world. It was announced on Wednesday that he would no longer be a team captain for the Washington football team. And this is obviously a move that was related to Haskins falling victim to one of the worst ways that a man can go down in 2020. And that's being caught <laughs> on some girl's Snapchat story in a place that you're not supposed to be. I mean, God, stone worst. I felt his pain when that happened. And I know he's down bad right now. I know he is. He's down bad. <laughs> to, to make things worse, not only was he getting roasted on a personal level to the point that he had to delete his Twitter after this story hit the mainstream, but professionally, like I said, been demoted from team captain. He's just an average Joe now. Just one of 53 guys on the roster, starting quarterback, not a team captain. Now, this has to be hitting him hard. Clearly, this is a guy whose mentality is team over everything. This is a guy who bleeds Washington red. <laughs> Maybe there are a few things on this planet that matter to Dwayne Haskins as much as the Washington football team does. You know, one of those things might be seeing strippers' asses bounce in his face. Would he rather be mixing it up with the harlots of the night than reflecting on how he can lead his team to victory in a division that is the worst division in NFL history that a team with a sub-500 record is going to win? I don't know. Is that important to him? Maybe. But he's still taking first-team reps. They demoted him to inspire him, and I think that he's going to work his way back into being a team captain. This is the motivation that that young man needs. Big, big game coming for Dwayne Haskins this week. Uh, I like the narrative call. Uh, I probably won't play him. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I'm surprised that he is even playing in this game. I'm surprised he didn't get caught. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable playing a trash quarterback, maybe the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it is a good spot for him. And then you also throw in the double narrative with Ron Rivera coaching against his old team. Mm-hmm. So we throw that in there too. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might be onto something. Washington football team stack for all the money. Dwayne to Terry to LT3. I mean, why not? And Terry McLaurin, worth noting, he did miss Wednesday's practice, which would be, you know, that would be a tough scene for for old big Dwayne Haskins there. But I mean, if, if McLaurin misses, then Logan Thomas, 4,900. I mean, he'll get like 20 targets. <laughs> yeah, uh, he had <laughs> so, 15 targets last week. So that's yeah. kind of crazy. What else you got for tournament strategy? Yeah, so I think for tournaments, like we talked about with cash games, the, the ownership is going to condense on the Atlanta-Kansas City game and maybe Chicago and maybe like the Rams and Seahawks game, right? So obviously you can get different by playing teams in other games like the Browns or, or you know, the Steelers if you think they're in a bounce back spot against Indianapolis. But I, I like the Houston stack a lot this week with Deshaun Watson. Brandon Cooks probably won't play him, but he's only 6,200 and should have lower ownership, especially since he's around guys like Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, who's 6,500, Beta, and, and some <laughs> other guys. But you got Kiki Cootie at 5,400. David Johnson somehow had, what, 11 targets? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 11 Naughty. catches and 11 targets last week ended up getting 27 points. Maybe we see uh, a late season resurgence out of David Johnson, but Watson is just a guy that gets there on a weekly basis. And he's a good pivot off of Hurts and Mahomes. He's not going to be owned at all. It's a good spot for him against Cincinnati. And I like that Houston stack a lot. And you can also go cheap by playing, you know, Stonehands, Jordan Akins again, trying to hit on him for the third week in a row. He had six targets last week, uh, six targets in back-to-back games. And at 3,300, I think he's a fine play in a terrible tight end pool. So give me the Houston stack this week. And then obviously there's some cheap bring backs and then you can uh you can fill out the rest of your roster with the with the chalky guys like Tyreek, Travis Kelsey, uh McCole Hardman if he becomes available, even some other pieces in that game like Calvin Ridley who we haven't mentioned. Sammy Watkins is five thousand so I like him a lot. He's not gonna be on that's a way to get different in that game. I, I think I'm gonna be stacking a lot of these ancillary games and then just uh filling in the rest of my lineups with the chalky guys and I, I think you can make unique lineups in that way. Yeah, that all checks out to me. I've got two final notes here for tournaments. One, my favorite way to get leverage this week is going to be simply pivoting off of the running back chalk at the high end. Guys like David Montgomery and Austin Eckler, I think they're great plays, but there's just like a bevy of options in that range that are going to come at like a third of the ownership, like Nick Chubb, you know, going against the Jets. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there's still a scenario where the Browns finish the season with 11 wins and don't make the playoffs. I think that the Browns are going to be full pedal to the metal here. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to replicate the success that they surprisingly had last week. So I think Chubb is a guy with a sky high 
ceiling here in a game that I'm expecting the Browns to dominate and he's going to come in with much lower ownership. Same goes for Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, you know, potentially Antonio Gibson. If he comes available, he returned to practice 6,600. Great matchup against Carolina. So I'm going to be pivoting off of the running back chalk in that range and just, you know, mixing in those other guys at lower ownership because I think they all have similar touch projections. And then uh, finally, my last tournament note here is, you know, you wrongly accused me of being a guy who plays betas okay definitely not true wrongly yes wrongly and i'm gonna tell you right now because i'm taking two betas off my list right here right now deontay johnson this dude has feet for hands absolutely no shot on playing him he has no confidence can't catch a ball gets all the targets in the world has a lower yards per target than david montgomery tyler for all these scrubs i'm not playing deontay johnson dude's a scrub juju smith schuster (laughs) definition of a stone beta okay i mean i would have respected him if he stuck to his guns and said you know fuck the haters i'm getting out there and i'm dancing on your logos i don't give a fuck no he just ultimate beta move walked it back said for the betterment of myself and my teammates i'm gonna stop dancing on the logos come on bro that that is some beta shit not gonna lie like (laughs) stick to your guns my guy what are you doing just absolutely no shot i can respect juju after that and as a result I'm going to play the only alpha left in the Steelers' uh, passing attack. That's Chase Claypool. And I mean, this man is the definition of a stone alpha. He's the cheapest of the group, 5,900, has massive upside. We've seen it. You know, he's not necessarily a full-time player, but he's still playing on 60% of snaps in every single game. So I'm playing Chase Claypool. I'm leaving the betas behind, and we're sailing to the money. Hey, I mean, I like it. I don't play betas. So if we can uh, get alphas in our lineup, then I'm all for it. So Chase Claypool, tournament winner this week at 5,900. You heard it here first on the DFS dose. Is he your favorite tournament player or what? I mean, he's my favorite guy who I think will be like under 5%. Okay, so a My favorite shot. tournament play is probably like just a general Ram stack with with a Seahawks spring okay. back like as a whole. But, you know, that's my long shot, Chase Claypool. Okay, I mean, I like Claypool this week too, so. Uh, yeah, I think he's a good uh, long shot tournament play. My guy this week for tournaments is Sammy Watkins at 5,000. Um, yeah, kind of ugly, kind of disgusting, but I, I think he has one good game in him, right? And really at 5K, you need him to get like 25-ish, and we're looking at you know, like six or seven catches for like 70 yards and a touchdown, right? Somewhere around there. Um, And I think he has it in him this week and he's got a cheap price tag. He's going to be the lowest owned out of Le'Veon, Tyreek, Kelsey, McColl. And I I think that's good leverage on the rest of the field. All you need is one touchdown and about 70 yards and you're sailing to the money with Sammy Watkins. So I like him a lot in tournaments. He is my favorite long shot. If the ownership uh, lines up like that, I'm not too sure what his projected ownership is right now, but he's definitely going to be like the fourth or fifth highest owned chief. And I think that is pretty good leverage. So yeah, disgusting Sammy Watkins. (laughs) And this is, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins is one of the easiest players to predict in terms of when he's going to go off. He's going to go off at two times of the year. One is week one standard. It's going on every single year. It's a stone tradition. His best game of the season, you know, up to this point was week one, 21 and a half points. And if you get that at 5k this week, 
you're lit. And there's a good chance because the other time of year when you play Sammy Watkins is the end of the year. He only turns up as they're leading into the postseason. You know, the, the Chiefs are going to secure that number one buy or that number one seed, get the buy, and Sammy Watkins is going to be part of it. I like it, especially if you're getting, you know, honestly a better target projection than Meikle Hardman for a fraction of the ownership. I like it. <laughs> hey, yeah. So uh, Sammy Watkins and Chase Claypool are the guys this week win you a million dollars it's a vibe it is an absolute vibe let's get in to our best bets we made up a little ground had a successful week last week i mean the question now is are we going to be able to get over a 50 percent hit rate on our bets by the time the football season ends going all the way through the playoffs i don't know but that is my goal joey what do you have for the people in terms of best bets this week so for this week i like the Washington football team minus two and a half. Uh, so like we mentioned, we have the double narrative going with Ron Rivera and Dwayne Haskins this week. They're at home fighting for a playoff spot, fighting to win the NFC East. They are currently in first place trying to hold off the Giants. The Panthers are not a good team right now. Teddy Bridgewater is not a good quarterback. This Washington defense should be able to manhandle the Panthers offense, especially with no CMC. So I like Washington minus two and a half a lot this week. Uh, lock them in. They won me my bet last week with the uh, plus six and a half against the Seahawks. So I'm taking them again as favorites. Lock it in. Easy dub. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, now I have a little bit more ground than you to make up. So I'm just going to fire a couple of them off here. <laughs> One. I'm going to jump right on there with you. I'm taking minus two and a half for Washington. I like that. And I'm going to ride with another NFC East team as well. I think that the Jalen Hurts led Eagles are on an absolute roll right now and they are not getting enough respect. Um, I think that they beat the Cowboys by at least two points as the line is currently set. So I'm taking those two NFC East teams. I'm also going to take the Rams plus one. I think they bounce back in a big way after getting throttled by the Jets last week, and I think they make this a tough game for the Seahawks. The Seahawks offense has really slowed down as of late. We know the Rams defense is legit, and I think that they're going to hit their stride after just one of the most embarrassing losses, probably the most embarrassing loss of the year up to this point <laughs> last week. <laughs> that is definitely true. So I, I like that a lot. We're definitely getting back into the W column. No more terrible bets, no more worse bets. It's the best bets, and we're going to smash them this week. Absolutely. And that is going to be it for episode 120 of the DFS Dose Podcast. Make sure you also check out our bonus episode. Came out today as well, going over the three-game Saturday slate. We go position by position in that episode, so make sure you check that out. You can sail to the money twice in two days this week via the DFS Dose Podcast, both episodes on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to check out the DFS Dose Twitter at the DFS Dose. Retweet the pinned tweet for your chance to win a free shirt and a Darius Slayton rookie auto card. Mm -hmm. You can also subscribe to the DFS Dose YouTube channel. Join our Discord chat link for every way to possibly support us are in the show notes to this podcast. Finally, you can support us by hitting our personal Twitters as well. I am at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Joey, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Carrion DFS. All right, guys, have a great holiday weekend, and hopefully we're all sailing to the money this week.